Go to Acts chapter 12 this morning, Acts chapter 12. We're going to finish up this series on prayer with a message called Constant Prayer, and you will figure that out. Now, the, the, if I were to, to, to back out, you know, many of us uh, have been taking some of these principles and applying, to them, uh, uh, applying them to us personally, but in Acts chapter 12, we actually get a snapshot of, of the effect of corporate prayer. That's when brothers and sisters gather together and they pray together. Most of the time we, 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 have, we have avoided the public prayer meeting. We, we're not a part of it. You know, or, uh, you know, I'll just pray by myself. Uh, by the way, there is a special grace that's released when you pray with your brothers and sisters. We're going to look at this today and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and maybe glean some of these truths and apply them to us here at Calvary. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. Everybody say prison. I'm going to make sure you're listening today. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. And when, when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many gathered together praying. Many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you were beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Okay, this, 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 this is an incredible story. By the way, filled with many insights. Uh, I, I believe... 
uh, much could be said about gates and doors and keys and how, pra- how prayer unlocks gates and doors and keys. I, want, I, I, I do believe in all of that, but I, I want to take this a little bit higher and I want to I give you a truth this morning. I pray it penetrate your soul. If you've been longing for something more than just a religious form, going through a religious motion, what I'm going to share with you this morning is, is possibly one of the most transformative truths to taking somebody who sim- simply thinks, okay, I'm on my way to heaven, so that's good enough, to becoming a person who partners with God to see his kingdom increase in the earth. Listen to this. Maybe you should write this down. Constant prayer is the fertile soil of miracles. And I will say this. Constant corporate prayer. Constant corporate prayer where we gather together with other brothers and sisters. Where all the introverts get really uncomfortable. Come on, all the introverts in the house. Have you ever been at the prayer meeting where you have to sweat in each other's hands for about 40 minutes? Come on, did anybody grow up going to that prayer meeting holding hands, right? Aren't you glad you're Pentecostal and charismatic and now you get to raise your hands? You don't have to hold hands. Come on, I, God set us free from all that hand-holding, sweating palms on each other, okay? That's, man, you talk about, man, that's a, if there was ever a time for mass and six feet apart, it was those prayer meetings. All right. I want to tell you, church of the living God, if you're hungry for more, if you want to see God move in your life, come and join with other brothers and sisters. It's the fertile soil of miracles. It's where miracles break out. That's what James told us a couple of weeks ago, that we should pray for for one another, that's corporate, so that you can be healed. There's an anointing that God reserves for brothers and sisters to come together to seek the face of God. And I want to tell you, Acts 12 shows us clearly that miracles, genuine miracles take place when his people bow their hearts, bow their knees together in prayer. This is why many, I I want all of you this year, I want all of you, come on, wave at me if you're retired. This is 8 a.m., this is 8 a.m., don't lie to me this early. Come on. Come on, you're retired. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're retired. You could be praying with brothers and sisters every day at 9 a.m. right here. I know you are. Seriously. You have no idea what God is doing in this room every day. Matter of fact, if some of you walked in the room and you thought to yourself this morning, man, I feel God. Man, or something woke you up this morning and said, man, I I need an encounter with God. I need to get into God's house. If you felt that, it was because of prayers prayed in this place days before. And, And the Holy Spirit was acting on prayers prayed together in this place. I want to call you to daily prayer. I'm calling you. 9 a.m. If you can be here, you should be. 
be here. And listen, if you're sick in your body, say, well, I can't get there. I'm sick. Well, guess what we do every Wednesday? A healing service at 9 a.m. There's a healing service at 9 a.m. Now, listen, of course you can, you can jump in online. I know, I know some of you, man, you're not the classic retirees, although you're here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I, you break the mold on Sundays, okay? Maybe some of you are like, no, I really want to sleep till 9 a.m. Okay, I want to wear my PJs, okay? Whatever that is. Well, we do broadcast it every day. And it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, and, and you can worship with us. We always try to give a prophetic sense of where God is. And so whether you can be here in person or you can always watch it later, you can always enter in. I want you this year to join in corporate prayer with us. Come and jump in. every Monday through Thursday, it's every day the offices are open, we have a prayer meeting. You would think of it more like a service. Uh, we have it right here every day. Now, now I want to I call you to constant prayer because constant prayer is the backdrop of Acts chapter 12. And let me, give you, uh, let me give you a couple of things that you can expect this year when you begin to partner with other brothers and sisters in constant prayer. First, constant prayer invites awakening. It invites a supernatural awakening. I love this. Verse 7 says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Listen to this. What is, the, what is happening at this very moment? We, we even know where the prayer meeting is. It's at, it's at John Mark's family's house. There is a prayer meeting going on at this very minute. They are crying out to God on behalf of Peter. And what happens is Peter is sleeping. Isn't it good to know? That you're not the only one that sometimes sleeps in a prayer meeting? All right, there's grace, there's grace. But you may get an angel or a pastor. Because in the, by the way, in the book of Revelation, those angels of those churches, they are the pastors of those churches. They'll come and kick you in the side and wake you up. What I, what I believe is, is when the people of God pray, God begins to supernaturally move and wake people up in their prisons. He begins to supernaturally move, and he begins to come in and go places and do things you could never naturally do. No one had access to Peter but God, and when the church constantly prayed, when the church was saying, God, do something in Peter's life, why were they praying so passionately? Here's why. Because the leader of the church, James, had just been killed. He had just lost his life. When, when, and, and, and now they're going to do the same thing to Peter. Read the whole context of this chapter. They're going to do the same thing to him. But the people prayed. I will tell you this. There's no record of a prayer meeting for James. 
Let that sink in. We only have a church activated by the trauma of losing one of their leaders. And when they got activated in prayer, God sent a spirit of awakening. God began to step in to prison cells and say, get up! You've been asleep long enough. Come on, I wonder if anybody will believe with me that God wants to send angels and his presence into bed rooms of those who are depressed, those who are on drugs, those who are bound in alcohol and all kinds of addiction, that God, if the church will constantly pray, God won't step into their bedrooms. Come on, just kick them right in the side. Get up. I love this. A light shone in the prison. A light shone. Don't forget, they did not have air conditioned. This was not a federal penitentiary. No cable, no electricity. If they had light, it was from a fire. And suddenly, in that room, a light began to shine. Not from a fire kindled by the hands of man, but a fire kindled from constant prayer of the church. And the glory of God comes in. I don't know if you know this about about uh, 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 about your spiritual condition or those around you, but there are many in chains who are sleeping spiritually. They are in chains, and they need one thing, the touch of God. Oh, listen to me, saints. If you're, if you're just that person that said, well, you know, I just went to church. I'm just trying to be a good person. You know, I'm just trying to work this out. I'm so glad for grace, and I'm just, I'm just glad that, you know, uh, I, I'm just trying to keep my nose out of trouble. Listen, I, I appreciate the effort. It's not going to work. I appreciate your effort. You will never be able to clean yourself up. You know what you need? You need a gracious God who will come get in your prison with you. You need a God who will go through locked doors, who's not intimidated by your chains or the length of time you have been in bondage. You need to understand that there is a church praying for you. And if listen to me, church. I heard the voice of the Lord this morning. If you came in today in chains, if you came in... with addiction or bondage, if you came in under the influence of the enemy, I've got, new, I've got good news for you. Here it is. This is what the Lord whispered to me this morning. He said, today's chains are tomorrow's trophies. Glory to God. Today's chains are tomorrow's trophies. You say, how can you say that? Here's how I can say it. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the train of his robe, it filled the temple. The train was the measure of all the victories. It was every foe against God was thoroughly defeated, including your sin, including your bondage, including any kind of of, of prison that Satan has ever been able to think up everyone defeated and I'm here to announce to you the chain that you have been in is no match for the God of awakening who gets released by a people who are praying. I've got good news and I've got bad news for those who just wanted to come to church and stay bound man it's 
terrible that you walked in here this morning. It is terrible that you have come here. I would like, I, I promise you, this is the best spiritual weight loss program ever. I promise you came in with hundreds of pounds of spiritual weight. And today, by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost, acting on the prayers of the saints, you can be free. You can be free. And I feel like God wants to awaken you to him. He wants to wake you up to how near he is and how good he is and how gracious he is and how much he is moving in the last hour. Glory to God. I'm going to preach myself happy and it's only 8.50. Glory to God. That's one thing you need is the touch of God. Oh, you get a touch of God on your life, you will never, ever be the same again. Oh, I can remember being a 21-year-old maniac for Jesus. People looked at me and they said, oh, you'll calm down. That was 31 years ago. 31 years ago, next month. And I'm here to tell you, I still feel, feel a fire in my belly from the time the Holy Ghost fell on me and touched my life. And i got to tell you, there's a touch reserved for you. There is a touch of God for you. Maybe some of you were touched by God, but you just started going through life and started just simply giving a practical application to all of the stuff that you're going through. Stop it. Get back to the touch of God. Get back to believing for miracles. Get back to the place of prayer. And let's believe God that, that it's not a 12-step program for you. It's a one-step. One touch and you're free. Chains fall off. Ephesians 5.14 says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. It's now, it's now, it's the time of awakening. Romans 13, 10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Listen, the last hour church needs to be in constant prayer because there are far too many asleep to the love of God. We've got to stay in constant prayer. Why? Because many are sleeping. Many are chained. Many in personal prisons thinking, I'm not even going to attempt to escape. And they're just simply asleep. But God in his grace is moving toward them today. Let me give you the second truth. Constant prayer initiates deliverance. Let's go back to Acts 12. We'll look at the last half of verse 7. It says, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, uh, the angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. I love this. The atmosphere produced through constant prayer leads to deliverance of all kinds. 
I'm going to say it again. Constant prayer turns today's chains into tomorrow's trophies. It, when we constantly pray, we can expect chains to fall off. Not only will people be awakened, aren't you grateful? Listen, last week in this place... 17 people gave their hearts and lives to Christ. So I, listen, that is not, I mean, P Pastor Corey did an incredible job last week about praying. H how many of you are praying that prayer? I'm getting out of my stinking thinking this year. I'm going to get out of my head and I'm going to start thinking like the king tells me to think. I'm going to think about myself the way he thinks about me. And then I'm going to walk and know what the perfect will of God is. Glory to God. So good. 17 people here. I was preaching at New Church Without Walls. I saw nine people there get born again. 26 people in one Sunday morning. Why? There is constant prayer off offered and we can expect that all kinds of brokenness will be healed. All kind of bondage will be broken when the church prays and the atmosphere is ripe with it. i got to tell you, I, I, I got, a, I got a, uh, uh, an email just a couple of days ago from somebody who said, you know what, my mind, it races, my heart is always in worry. He says, Un this is a man, a business owner, not somebody who is, uh, you know, just walking around looking afflicted. But he said this, but when I walk... Into that place, speaking of this church, he said, everything becomes clear. Everything in my life gets, he goes, suddenly I can think, I can hear God. Listen, if you have ever experienced that grace in this place, it's because it has been produced by constant prayer of brothers and sisters. Listen, you one day by, by grace, I think, maybe God will let you know one day why you flourished and you didn't deserve it. What you will find on the other side of your success, of your breakthrough, of your ability to stand, is somebody in the unseen realm bowing their knee and saying, God, do a deep work in them. God, set them free. God, let the chains and bondage break off. Listen to me. I have watched people throughout the years become a generational curse breakers. I've watched it happen. And I'm here to announce to people to you, if you're looking for a generational curse breaker, you're the one. You're not meant to walk in the failures of your father or the failures of your mother and grandfather. And some of you have such bad theology on this. I, I, I got to tell you today, you will not walk in their brokenness if you let Jesus touch you and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Satan may come, come and try to tempt you in the same way. Oh, but when you're walking in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And you're going to walk right in the, out of that bondage and you are going to experience the blessing of God, which is to a thousand generations. 
Glory to God. I hope somebody in here will believe with me that you will be a generational curse breaker. Listen, everybody in your past may have walked in lack, but you don't have to. Why? Because God comes and breaks the curse. Why? Because Jesus, uh, Jesus gives us the revelation in, in Galatians chapter 3. Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. And he hung on the tree. He bore our sickness, our pain, all of the penalty of the curse. He bore it on the cross. And today you're free. You do not have to live in the bondage of what is behind you, but you can live in the future that God has mapped out for you in his heart. Glory to God. The atmosphere of constant prayer leads to deliverance of all kinds. Chains fall in this passage. Prison doors open. Why? Because the anointing of Jesus is released when you pray in his name. Comes, we think it's a tagline, right? Lord, please bless this food, nourish it to our body. Thank you for the, uh, this, is the this is the most fun thing. I'm going to ruin everybody's public prayer time. There is one word that I hear. It's just, people say it colloquially. You know, it's just a common co southern thing. You know, when somebody calls somebody to corporate prayer and somebody's leading it, the first thing they say is the word opportunity. I, can, I don't know why, but it's there. Now I've told you about it, and I'm, I'm, you're going to crack up. You're going to laugh every time you hear it. And it, it, you kind of kind of say it with a southern accent. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. I'm just trying to break you out of religious bondage this morning. <laughs> and then we pray whatever we're going to pray about, you know. And sometimes people decide that their prayer time is actually the only time that they're ever going to be able to preach a sermon. Like they need to remind God. Like you said in John 3.16, Lord. And they just, you know, they just go off preaching a prayer. Get their, they get to preach in. And at the end, they just add a tagline. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Jesus wasn't leading any of it. They were like, whew, I got that off my chest. Now listen, when you pray in Jesus' name, prison doors come open. Because in Jesus' name means to invoke or invite, rather, the anointing of Jesus to manifest. Do you know what the Jesus anointing is? It's mentioned in Isaiah chapter six, uh, 61, but he, Jesus quotes it in Luke 4.18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Listen, when you pray in Jesus' name, all of this anointing comes to bear. This is why when someone's in bondage 
and you say in Jesus' name, chains break. When someone is sick and you say in Jesus' name, oh, that same blind healing anointing gets released in His name. That is when somebody has been in the dark prison of depression, the drugs don't help, the counseling don't help, nothing they do in the natural helps. Oh, why don't you come with a Jesus anointing in Jesus' name and watch the doors swing open and the prisoners walk out. It's in Jesus' name. I'm calling you into corporate prayer this year. I'm calling you. Why? Because today there are people in chains and bondage. Today they're sleeping. Today they're on their way to their death sentence. Oh, but tomorrow God is likely to step in if the people of God will gather together and pray and seek His face. I know you think to yourself, well, all right, Pastor, I mean, you know, that was Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because we all know you ain't Jesus. (laughs) Come on, you know, I'm not Jesus. But don't, don't look very far. In Luke, after Jesus makes this announcement, just a few chapters later in Luke chapter 10, it says, in verse 17, it says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. And he said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, Can you get this in the beginning of the year? Can you get this statement straight from Jesus to your heart? Oh, I feel the empowerment of the Holy Ghost on one line. Here it is. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice at this. That spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Oh, if you thought it's just Jesus, boy, you're not reading the same Bible. That same Jesus who has that anointing, whose name you pray in, says, Behold, this year I'm giving you some authority. If you'll accept it, I'll give you the authority. Offer constant prayer to me and watch how the strands and cords of the enemy are cut in people's lives Begin to pray radical prayers with people, with others. Let me give you one final thought from this uh, passage, Acts 12, on constant prayer. I love this. Constant prayer invokes wonder. It invokes wonder. I mean, I'm so glad that people get awakened. I'm so glad that people get delivered when we remain in prayer. But this part, this part makes me real happy. Constant prayer invokes wonder. What do you mean? Like, the first two, your mind is engaged this part of constant prayer 
this is where God takes our weak prayers and does something mightier than what we are praying. Don't you remember what this scripture says at the very end? We read it today. It said, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? Probably because even though they were praying together as brothers and sisters, they weren't praying that prayer. They weren't there with like great mountain moving faith. We've got the whole plan, God. We need you to go in with the light of heaven, kick him in the side. I don't know why he's sleeping naked, but he's sleeping naked in this story. Must have been a really hot night. The angel said, get dressed. Covering his eyes. Peter, will you please? And he looks back. And your cloak too, please. I mean, they're, they're, they're praying prayers. God, would you comfort Peter? God, would... Lord, if you could just give him just a little something to eat so he's a little more comfortable. Lord, they're probably praying dumb prayers. Lord, don't let him feel a thing as that sword's going through his neck. Why else would they be astonished? They are praying weak prayers. And this man, this ought to, this ought to help all of us. If you have ever been in a prayer meeting and wondered if it's being effective, I've got good news for you. Get together and even pray the weak prayers because God wants to answer in ways that will astonish you. If we will stay in constant prayer, God is going to do what he said he will do in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think listen we pray listen we pray what we know to pray you pray in the holy spirit by the way and your mind's unfruitful that means you don't know what you're praying so in both in both of those arenas your understanding's not engaged and I love this. God takes their weak prayers. Can you imagine the scene? Peter has walked out. Remember, chains fall off. He and the angel go to the first door. It opens by itself. He gets to the second door. That's what this says. There's the first guards and the second the second door opens by itself. He gets to an iron gate. The iron gate of the city. They just approach it. It opens for them. He gets 
to the rickety gate where the prayer meeting is happening. And that one is securely fashioned. He knocks. He's probably saying, I'm trying not to do this too loud. He's knocking. He hears the, 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 the tippy toes of Rhoda comes to the door. Peter says, Rhoda, it's me. And she's like, That door stayed closed. Every other door opened supernaturally. Not this one. Why? Because God wants us all to understand that corporate prayer and constant prayer needs an unveiling to all of us so we're in wonder of what God does. They finally come to the door and they're astonished. I want to say just a couple of things and I'm going to close. First, if you're that one that is in chains and under bondage and you feel oppressed today, I... I believe God wants to work so miraculously in your life through Christ that when the new you shows up, you astonish people. I remember who you used to be. Chained. Sleeping naked. By the way, he wasn't by himself. You know, there were guards with him. I mean, this guy is free. <laughs> He's laying there. He's just, I mean, he has got his issues. But when he shows up delivered, I'm here to tell you, there is such a transformation that will come in your life when God touches you and you begin to follow him and you begin to experience his grace in your life. Watch how when the new you shows up, it astonishes people. Why don't you today open the door for Christ, who, according to Revelation 3, is on the outside knocking. We have Peter knocking on the outside, and, and we have Jesus knocking on the outside of a door. He said, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in. I'll do an astonishing work of grace. I'll do an astonishing work of transformation in your life. Listen, you do not have to remain the same. And good news, it's not based on you. All you do is open the door and chains will fall. Your prison that used to hold you, oh, I'm telling you, you're going to walk out in Jesus' name. And you are going to astonish people when the new you shows up. I've got, my Bible is full of these kinds of encounters with a guy named Saul who became Paul. And the church was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's like, I'm not the same guy. Church, 
I also want to say to those who are on their way to heaven, you're on your way to heaven. Heaven, you're in the family of God. This is how the Lord said it to me. I'm going to say this all day long. Some of you have made a peace treaty with your chains. You've made a peace treaty with your bondage. That means we just accept this relationship. And I want to tell you, it's time to break that covenant and pact and grab hold of a higher covenant, that covenant that Jesus made with us in his own blood. And by his blood, you will be set free of those chains. You don't have to stay in bondage. You don't have to stay demonized. Listen, you don't have to stay bound in pornography. You do not have to stay bound in perversion. You do not need to stay bound in addiction. I'm telling you today, there is a yoke-destroying anointing. As it's being released in this room today. Because the people of God have partnered with him in constant prayer.